We've got a big one tonight, but for the most part, week 11 of the 2023 NFL season is in the books, and we've got plenty to react to today on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. You are Locked On NFL Scouting with the Draft Dude, your daily podcast for NFL and college football scouting, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's better than this? It's guys being dudes here on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. We're the Draft Dudes. I'm Joe Marino from Locked On Bills. He's Kyle Krabs from Locked On Dolphins. And we are your NFL experts here with you daily to talk team building across the league on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast with the Draft Dudes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'd like to thank you for making Locked On NFL Scouting your first listen every day and a big welcome and shout out to our everydayers. You know who you are. Those of you who never miss a single episode, we appreciate y'all being here very, very much. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash NFL. That's linkedin.com slash NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Happy Victory Monday to those of you who are celebrating. It's good to see you back on the show. Joe, it's been a while since you and I both simultaneously celebrated Victory Monday. So uh, we're back. Feels mm. good. Mm. Remember last year when we did that whole bit with Chris and it was like, how many common Victory Mondays can us three collectively share? And I would just like to say, I miss Chris, who was our producer <laughs> when we were draft dudes, like desperately. But I'm glad that he doesn't have to get roped into the Victory yeah. Monday race for as many victory Mondays as possible because uh, that Jets offense scored six points again yesterday. Got their first touchdown in 40 drives, though. 13 quarters. I mean, you got to give it, it to them. It was their their first touchdown drive of multiple plays since, like, week four. Well, let's let's keep in mind, it started with a, con- a successful fake punt conversion. Right. Then aided by an Ed Oliver roughing then, the passer. And then they uh, went uh, on fourth down again later yeah, in the drive, right? Just a, just a few <laughs> things happened along the way to get him into the end zone, but they got in there. And I think I think you can celebrate that, right? Get a touchdown. Uh, Those are helpful to win games. So we're going to talk about AFC Conference first, and we can talk a little bit more about the Jets and their decision to bench uh, Zach Wilson and, and if that's going to help them long-term or not. This is the first time in a long time, Joe, that we've, we've done it this way. And I think it actually makes sense to do it this way. I'm going to read you the five AFC conference exclusive games that happened in week 11. Cause yep. usually it's like, Oh, we'll do the AFC. And then there's like three games that were only between AFC teams. Can I interrupt you though? I have to. Yes. Big programming note takes on takes is when tomorrow. We should do it tomorrow. We got to do, do it tomorrow. Do it tomorrow. Do you get it? Don't, picks on don't Wednesday. Do it the day before Thanksgiving. Yeah. Yeah. Picks on Wednesday, but like we need your takes on the comments for this video for tomorrow a little bit different week this yeah, week sure. with Thanksgiving a little surprise for you at the end of the week we'll be here all all week every day for you five days but, yeah but we got to we got to switch around a few things so takes on takes tomorrow leave your takes on the comments to this video today can can i also before we get into the AFC conference cuz we're we're still early i'd like to talk about something that happened on sunday but before any of the games were played just real quick Okay. I don't know if you saw this or not from in Rapport. Oh, yeah. This is going to be uh, about yeah. Caleb Williams. and Yes, it is. Uh, Caleb Williams elected not to speak to the media after the loss to UCLA. A USC yeah. spokesperson said that was from yeah. Brian Car- Carte. And in Rapport yesterday morning, um, sent out a tweet 
at 9.31, a conspicuously specific time, as is everything that comes out of these deep major insider accounts, right? Joe Burrow learned his season was over on Friday, understood his responsibility, and went out and held a news conference. The job of a quarterback and face of a franchise. And I'd like to say, for everybody who responded to all of the criticism that that tweet received, which we had a lot of questions about, like, what are we doing? What's the point of this? I think you and I have been in this game long enough to know why an account like Ian Rappaport sends a tweet like that. And we can mm-hmm. talk about that if we want to. And our own experiences with stuff like that. Caleb Williams will need to do better when he's in the NFL. I don't think there's any question, right? There is a, more of an obligation as a professional quarterback for an NFL franchise that you have to meet with the media after every game, whether you win or lose. There's no question, you know, that, and but between that and him getting emotional on the sidelines after one of the earlier losses that they had this season, very different than your uh, cookie cutter experience for a quarterback. And I understand that. And different makes people talk. And sometimes it makes people uncomfortable or it makes people ask questions. And like all of that's fine. And when Caleb Williams gets to the NFL, he'll have to answer and, and have those responsibilities. My criticism of the tweet was not in being in a position where he's speculating on Caleb's execution of his responsibilities. It's in Rappaport, an NFL insider. You're not an analyst. And what you put out is important. And when you understand the game and you've been in it long enough, you understand that tweet goes out for a certain reason. Right? And who or why would Ian Rappaport put a tweet out like that, Joe? Well, it's there's a number of reasons, not, probably starting with a little bit of cash and future scoops, right? Like, that's why he would right. do it. Yeah. Right. And there's people who are vested parties in – People having a lot of questions about Caleb Williams and Caleb Williams not having good PR and Caleb Williams being this uh, polarizing figure in the draft process. Representatives for other players who want their players to go in front of Caleb Williams as just one example of that. And we've experienced this firsthand. We've been approached in the past about putting information out for a financial gain that would benefit the client of somebody who was reaching out to us. You were offered pretty sizable chunk for one tweet. Yeah, I didn't do it. So everybody should know I didn't do it. Right. That's the part of the game that that's that stuff. That's nasty business for it was about a quarterback that wound up getting drafted very high in the draft too. So that's, yeah, that's, Tend to tends to be what moves the needle. But so like... when I tweet Ian in response to that, and people are like, oh, Caleb Williams is gonna he's right. It's not the point. The point is you're an NFL insider at NFL Network. It's a nasty business. And I thought that was especially nasty. I don't think well, like what's what's annoying about it is i don't know the, the nfl gms are they going to think to themselves when they're deciding between drake may and caleb williams you know what ian rapaport put out a tweet and they he championed joe burrow well, for doing a press conference and like right but but the the pr relation yeah yeah PR i get it i get that piece of it of the fan perception of the players right does matter in a lot of those decisions more than we probably care to admit when you were just assessing the football player 
Case in point, San Francisco 49ers trading up the third overall pick. And probably who the coach wanted versus who they actually took. Anyway. Yeah, so where do you want to go here, Kyle? That was that was a five-minute deal there. That uh... Right. I knew I wanted to talk about it, and then I forgot about it, so we did something else to kind of fluff up the start of the show. And uh, like, Can we just talk about the Chargers game real quick? Sure. So that's that. I think that's our lead AFC story, right? Is the char- the Chargers are in last place in the AFC West. The Los Angeles Chargers with Justin Her- Herbert, a fifty-plus million dollar year quarterback, they've dealt with injuries with the supporting cast. I get it. They hold Green Bay to twenty-three points. Quentin Johnston drops the ball down the sideline that would have put him in field goal position. Keenan Allen drops a touchdown pass in the red zone. Like Brandon Staley getting as saucy as saucy gets in the post game about you could stop asking me the question about calling the defense took a six minute rant talking about how he takes responsibility for everything that's happening with the team and every other statement that he makes that is not directly I am directly responsible for is passively throwing other components of the football team under the bus yeah, it's just a matter of time here, right? He's he's going to be dismissed. They're not going to keep him any longer than the season. Uh, they've lost, uh, what, they're two and four in their last six games. Um, losing this one to Green Bay. Defense stinks out loud, like bottom three in the league in scoring. You're supposed to have a defensive-minded head coach. You've made investments there. And you certainly wonder about whether or not they're maximizing what they have in Justin Herbert. So. They're not. They're not. Um, yeah, I mean, I think he's he sounds stale to the media. I'm sure he's stale to the locker room. They're not getting the results. I'm sure guys are working hard, and I think it would be very fascinating to talk about who's going to be the next head coach of the Los Angeles Chargers because it's it's not going to be Brandon Staley beyond this year. Can't. So they're four and six. They host the eight and three Ravens, who have extended rest next week, uh, and then they're in Foxborough, and then four of their last five games are divisional games. We talk about them being in last place. They got uh, the Broncos twice. They have the Raiders. One, two, Broncos twice. Raiders once and Chiefs once. And Chiefs is to close the season at home. So you have five and five, five and six, and four and six is second through fourth in that division. A lot yet to be played out. I know the Raiders still have to play the Chiefs twice. Uh, and they're five and six. They lost to Miami yesterday. Broncos came back and beat the Vikings. Uh, Russ Wilson was some more fourth quarter magic. They outscored the the Vikings 12 to three in the, the fourth quarter. We can kind of get into some of those next. Joe, I think that's probably a good plan for us. Yeah, we'll get back into the AFC. We'll get to the NFC. We'll get on track here. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available, and that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. And folks, it's so easy to create a free job post over at LinkedIn Jobs. And then once you do, add your job or the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. And simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. That's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Let's try this again. 
I'm going to try this again. All right. The so five we'll... AFC Conference exclusive games that happen. <laughs> we already talked about the Chargers. Yep, Chargers. You stink. Got it. Uh, and Ravens, Bengals already happened on Thursday. We reacted to that a little bit on Friday. Uh, the Dolphins beat the Raiders at home 20 to 13. The Browns beat the Steelers at home 13 to 10. The Jaguars beat the Titans at home 34 to 14. And the Bills beat the Jets at home 32 to 6. Browns and Steelers was probably the game of, of the most consequence there, right? Um, uh, yeah, I'd say so. Um, we talked about the North and how it's been turned upside down with injuries to Deshaun Watson and Joe Burrow and Cleveland gets another win, right? That they find they they get their seventh win of the season, which is a big deal um, to be able to find it in the division where you're down, right? And not that offensively either team was particularly good. I mean, Jalen Warren, probably the bright spot for any of these teams offensively. But the Browns defense obviously continues to prove itself. I think the questions about Pittsburgh aren't going away. I think Pittsburgh's the Iowa of the NFL. Like just Ooh, always yeah, black that's, and yellow, black and yellow. I like every, it. Yeah, so many different <laughs> ways, right? Like just like a long tenured head coach that's always pretty good. Um the offense stinks, but you're still defensive of your offensive process. The schedule, right? That's the thing about Pittsburgh is like they're going to have a chance if they don't turn over the football. They're going to have a chance here with the Bengals, Cardinals, Patriots, Colts, Bengals, Seahawks, Ravens to close this thing out. We'll see. But like this, this AFC playoff picture is really, really fascinating to me. Pittsburgh's in right now, but can they stay in? And Cleveland, like have they built themselves enough of a cushion where they can just kind of survive the rest of the way and, and have they done enough to this point to be able to to get in? I mean, they've, they've won five of their last six games. So there's, depending on who you are, there's what, six, six or seven games left to be played, right? Yeah. They are up two games in the loss column over the eight seed in the AFC right now, which is Buffalo. Yep. The good news for the Browns is the Buffalo's, Buffalo's next two games are at Philadelphia and at Kansas City. Right. There's a bye week tucked in there in the middle. And then wow. Dallas. So, and then Dallas. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um the Colts are five and five. They are the nine seed. The Broncos are five and five. They're the ten seed. So like you're, the, the Browns are in good good position, especially when you consider their remaining games. Now their their next two are on the road. It's Denver, which is a high leverage game. I think that defense can have success against Russell Wilson. So can you scratch out a win there? If they scratch that one out, I do think they make the playoffs because they're Rams, home against Jacksonville, not great, home against the Browns, or home against the Bears, excuse me, Houston, short week at home against the Jets, and then the Bengals without Joe Burrow. Close the season. I think they get double-digit wins. Yeah. And the last two weeks, scratching this one out against Pittsburgh and scratching out and winning both plays on the final play of the game with a field goal uh, against Baltimore is clutch. And they have won. I mean, you, you trace back through this schedule and beating the Colts by one point, beating the 49ers by two points, beating the Ravens by two points, beating the Steelers. Like they can play within the DNA of close games, which is excellent news for them. 
because I think with the offense being what it is, they're going to play a lot of close games. So I think that they have a chance to be the Minnesota of last year, not to the same degree, not with the same offensive firepower, but a team that just wins a lot of one score games, Mm -hmm. probably disproportionate amount of one score games and can punch themselves a ticket to the postseason. The hottest team in the NFL right now is the Denver Broncos. Four in a row. Four in a row. Uh, it's ugly, but they win. Five turnovers forced against Kansas City, four turnovers forced against the Bills, and another four takeaway game against Minnesota on Sunday night football. Three. three. Or is it three? Felt like, three. It felt like more. It felt like more. <laughs> so 11 turnovers in the last three games. And they've had a, at least a turnover in every game since week four. And, of course, they, they lost their first three games and got waxed a bunch in there. And they're five and two since week three. Browns, Texans, Chargers, Lions, their next four. That's critical tough. stretch. Critical yep. stretch, right? Like a bunch of teams that are kind of in that conversation, obviously including Houston, who – Found a way, right? I mean, C.J. Stroud, three interceptions, several, a couple in the red zone. You hear what he but said st- about the interceptions? Steph Curry, shooter, Steph shoot. Curry doesn't that. stop shooting. <laughs> yeah. I, well, I, I I'm not taking any way C.J. Stroud. I, I QB1, I, I think he's been phenomenal this year. The interception luck is catching up with him, right? Like, he had yeah. that stretch, and you watched him and you're like, it's not because he's not putting the ball in interceptable positions. They're just not catching it. Well, they're starting to catch it a little bit now, but obviously the production, um, another 300 yard game, right? The second quarterback in NFL history to have 300 yards passing in three straight. Um, and we, we know the heroic moments along the way, right? I mean, they keep stacking right. up week over week. So like, I don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to diminish CJ Stroud, but eventually that interception luck had to, had to flip a little bit. Right. And but they're did. obviously in it. A huge game coming up against Denver. So I want to quickly. Is there anything you want to talk about with Bills Jets? It's nice to see the Bills offense have a pulse. We'll see how it continues. We talked about the schedule. It's tough. Uh, and as far as Dolphins Raiders, we each obviously did respective Victory Monday shows on these. Check out Locked On Dolphins and Locked On Bills if you want our full thoughts on those. But um, defense for the Dolphins, they're they're allowing 260 yards offense in their last three games since Jalen Ramsey has come back, and obviously Ramsey had two interceptions. Uh, against the Raiders yesterday, including the game winner in the final minute. So uh, excited to see what that complimentary component for this football team can look like long-term. I want to tease up the uh, remainder of the games, and then we could get into the NFC, and then we could steal a couple thought or nots for the very end. So the Lions showcased their mental fortitude, came back from a deficit against the Chicago Bears to win 31-26. to uh, Bryce Young threw another pick six. And the Cowboys romped the Panthers 33-10. to The Commanders uh, felt very charitable for Thanksgiving this year. They gave the football away to the Giants a ton. And the Giants won courtesy of those turnovers and a surprisingly good performance by Tommy DeVito, 31-19. The 49ers won by 13 points at home against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, covered a big double-digit spread. And then Geno Smith got hurt, and the Rams scored the final 10 points of the football game to come back late and knock off the Seattle Seahawks and secure a season sweep, 17-16. Uh, to 16. All right, Tommy DeVito is going to get his flowers here in just a moment. Rest assured, Giants fan, we know what we owe you. That's coming up. Stick with us, but I got to tell you about DoorDash, folks. I'm obsessed with DoorDash. The convenience is simply unmatched. We're all busy, right? We're all trying to figure out 
when we're going to get to the grocery store, when we're going to have time to make dinner, what we're going to snack on. We don't have to worry about that. DoorDash will bring you what you want right to your front door, whether that's groceries, you want a little snack from the gas station, maybe you need an energy drink and a Milky Way, they'll bring that to you. Maybe that's how Kyle Kyle got that C4. Maybe that's how Micah Parsons got the C4 during the game. We'll talk about that. I'm sure they deliver those as well to stadiums. Uh, But I also love getting food from my favorite local restaurants. Um, We ordered pizza last night from Rosario's. Yeah, it's super good. Green turtle, don't get their wings. but the hot uh, wings uh, unless you like them really hot. uh, And I do, and I do. But um, yeah, no, I don't careful on the green turtle hot wings but look favorite local restaurant so bring it right to your front door so stop worrying about when you're going to get to the grocery store stop worrying about what's for dinner let doordash handle that for you got a deal here get 50 percent off up to a 10 dollars value when you spend 15 dollars or more on your first order when you download the doordash app and enter code locked two three subject to change terms apply again don't forget to use code locked two three for 50 percent off up to a 10 dollars value on your first order when you download the doordash app and spend 15 dollars or more Subject to change, terms apply. Micah Parsons uh, dry scooped C4 before the game yesterday. I don't know, how do you do it? How do you not like just like cough that up? Like, how, how do you do it? Well, he said he took some water with it, but dry scoop. I love my C4. You got to be a complete psychopath. What's the it. benefit of dry scooping it? What is that? I, I guess it because it's not diluted when it goes into your stomach like it gets absorbed quicker. Have you done this? I have dry scoop before, yes. It's How do you get it, how do you get it down? You you have to just ride it out. So I like, like I just be like be like chalky in my well, mouth, I'd be spitting it like my mouth I'm would sure, get dry. I'm sure with when you're a professional athlete at that, <laughs> you can either they give you something be it like a fluid or they give you something to drink and it can kind of expedite that process. But if you dry scoop C4 and you're not accustomed to it, uh, you do feel like your chest is going to explode. Like it oh, is good. a yeah. pleasant experience. Definitely. Something so I only drink the carbonated in a can and get them from DoorDash. I don't dry, do not dry scoop it, please. Anyway, Tommy DeVito, can we do this thing here? Because you want to get that out of the way, or do we? Yeah, no, no, no. Let's. I want to get it out of the way. We we need to get it out of the way. This is a huge deal. We uh, shamed him significantly. We questioned a lot about the Giants and putting him out there. They deserve. They the guy threw three touchdowns in. Like there were some dimes in there Uh, against the team roster. We have ranked as a bottom three roster in the NFL. I'm not going to do this all for one week. Kyle, the way that we talked about Tommy DeVito last week, it made it like he didn't have a pulse or a chance to complete a pass in the NFL. Yep. And I even lost a personal bet on this. I bet uh, a buddy at the gym who's a Commanders fan who said the Commanders are amazing at turning high school quarterbacks into league MVPs. And I said, I don't, I, I hear you, but this is Tommy DeVito. I don't think he has a chance. And now I owe this guy lunch. You owe him lunch. I owe him lunch. Yeah, I had a lunch bet on just a straight-up Washington win. The Giants had other plans. They deserve a lot of credit. Congratulations to Tommy DeVito for uh, getting sacked nine times on 25% of his dropbacks. Not turning over the ball, most important Not thing turning over the ball, uh, but still having, three touchdowns. A, still having a 4% interception rate on his 80 pass attempts for the season and a 22% sack rate and 3.9 net yards per attempt after posting the game that he posted against Washington on Sunday. Yeah, the sample bad. size is the sample size, and I'm We're not, not going to say he's the future. I'm of the not going to overreact off the game 
No, wait, the way that we talked about him, he deserves credit. We deserve to eat crow. Here it is. Okay. I'm chewing on it. Maybe you're I, not, but I'm, I, I'm. Yeah, because I, I did not forget all the grief we got from Giants fans last year for fading that. Who roster. cares? Who cares? And we heard it all season long. We deserved we it. Right. We were wrong. We were right. No, we were wrong. They won the games. They won the games. They went to the playoffs and won a playoff. And game. What, what do they look like now? It, we Fine. We were right about that part, but we were wrong about it last year. There's a, there's a process versus results component here. You're, yeah, but I'm you're also either right or you're wrong. And I, I, I at least am saying, people, here you go. I can admit that I was wrong about this. Um, and I would just say that uh, Brian Dable is 12 and 15 as an NFL head coach for the New York Giants. So, anyway. What was Zach Taylor after his first twenty-five games? Uh, wasn't good. Forty. Yeah, <laughs> wasn't good. I'll. I'll uh, now Tommy DeVito's Joe Burrow, huh? That was a hell of a leap, Kyle. That was a hell of a leap. <laughs> Sound like people on my Twitter mentions, man. <laughs> Unbelievable. Um, things do not look great for Seattle. What's the deal here with Gino? Do we know? I have not seen anything as of last night when I last looked. Missed opportunity, right? We kind of talked about this was one they had to have. They had to have this game with the schedule coming up. Back into this game, but not when you can drop with what the schedule looks like coming up here for Seattle. And they play on Thursday against San Francisco this week. Yep. So he took a hit at the end of the third quarter from Aaron Donald. He leaves the game. Uh, he does come back in in the final minute and 30. Um, and then Seattle missed the field goal. So dropping to six and four when the eight seed is four and six and it's Green Bay, you're probably still okay to build a bridge, but your San Francisco Dallas on the road in San Francisco again, and then Philadelphia. Like th- this very easily could go off the rails for you. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, you mentioned so, sort of what's behind them right now. Seattle's the sixth seed at six and four, Minnesota, the seven at six and five. And then it's the Packers, Rams, Falcons, and Bucks with all, all have six losses. Four They're six. one behind the Vikings in, in the loss column here. Yeah. So like, I mean, someone's going to have a real, really fun opportunity to go to Lions or 49ers and lose in the wild card round. But, like, who's it going to be? Speaking of the Lions, we should probably talk about Detroit. Big comeback. comeback. Big comeback, yeah. And uh, I know I saw Dan Campbell gave Hutch the game ball. He had one game ball. He gave it to Aiden Hutchinson, had the uh, strip sack that resulted in the safety to kind of knock mm-hmm. that game on ice towards the very end. Uh, but – Chicago, you know, they they took an early lead in the first quarter. They scored 10 unanswered points in the fourth quarter. Detroit has to score 17 points uh, in the final period to come back and win this game by five. Jared Goff threw three interceptions. Well, it was uh, not looking good when Chicago has to kick a couple field goals in the the last one came with 4:15 in the fourth quarter to to go up 12 points, and Detroit I, scores two touchdowns in the final three minutes, and then the safety. Have you ever seen a more lopsided time of possession game 
that was actually close and the yards were close. So the, the uh, Bears Chicago, 40 minutes. Yeah, Bears doubled them up, doubled them up in time of possession, but they were within four yards of each other. Four yards. Like I extremely strange game script here. 20, 25 first downs for Chicago, 23 for the Lions. But Chicago doubles them up on time of possession. And Detroit loses the turnover battle four to one. Yeah, it's gonna kill you. But they, they won the game. They, they, they won this the game. Thing. Won the game. Oh, you, you talk. There were a couple games like that. The Miami game felt like that a little bit too. What was that turnover ratio? I, Miami had it a ended few, up right? being three to three, but Miami had opening they were possession down for a two, while. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Miami ended up opening possession, two of fumbles on a scramble, uh, and then they're in a two-minute offense situation to close the first half, and they're up uh, four points, fourteen to to ten, and you get a fumble, another fumble inside your own thirty-yard line. That sets the Raiders up for another field goal. So you get directly game six points off of those two fumbles. And then the first possession, Miami gets the ball to start the second half. And Tua throws, expecting Waddle to run post. But based on the, the leverage of the safety, Waddle crosses the safety's face and runs shallow. So there's a miscommunication. And too much, they you're giving too much it. context here, Kyle. Too much context. I'm just saying it is. <laughs> you ended up getting interceptions. three, So it was 3 nothing in favor of the Raiders after the first 31 minutes and, and Miami, then it, then it picked, evened up Miami picked Aiden O'Connell off three times in the final four possessions or whatever it was. Was it really? Yeah. I knew the Raiders had every opportunity, but I didn't realize it was that bad. I, I guess it was maybe five possessions because they, yeah. Yeah. I don't think Jimmy, I don't think Aiden O'Connell is better than Jimmy G, but maybe that's a conversation for another day. I, I think they so. were five and five, dude. They're five and five. Like you're certainly in it right now. If you're well, five, five, and five, five and six now, they're right. a half game behind the Broncos. They play the Broncos. The Raiders won the first head to head against the Broncos in week one. Week one. Yeah. And they closed the season with the Broncos. Yeah. So they, they kind of had a little shot here, but I don't know, man. I don't know. That's, this... that's a thought that I have right now. Okay. One of these AFC West teams sneaks in. No, you don't think so. I think that's a not. No. No, I, I, I'm sure so? I can be. I'm sure I can be wrong about this. But I think I. So right now it's Houston, it's Cleveland, Houston, Pittsburgh. Those are your playoff in teams. Your first out's the Bills, and then it's the Colts. What's fun is the the first two teams you said were Cleveland and Houston. Yeah, the Broncos play those two teams next on their schedule. Correct. Yeah, we. I agree. Um, I think and they, get, wild- and they get the Chargers. They get the Chargers twice. And the Patriots as well. I think your wild card crop is three of the following. Browns, Texans, Steelers, Bills, Jaguars. Obviously, well, one of those teams you, I was wins. I say you have to expand that to. Yeah, one of those teams wins them between Houston and, and Jacksonville. So you think the teams that are in now and Buffalo. Or Buffalo. Or Buffalo. I think that's it's one of those. Probably the teams that are in now, honestly. You think the Bills are just gonna like start all of a sudden beat the Chiefs, Eagles, Cowboys, Dolphins to win to get enough wins to to make it? I don't know, man. Um, Buffalo don't has the Buffalo has the second highest remaining strength of schedule for their six final yeah. games. Yeah, it's, it's uh, uh, six oh three is their win percentage of of the teams that we mentioned. Pittsburgh has the easiest remaining strength of Schedule. It's the schedule. It always was a schedule. Always was. Uh, Cleveland is the next in line 
Jacksonville and Houston effectively have the exact same strength of, of schedule left. Doesn't matter. They're both in. I think they're both going to make it. Uh, Denver's right around 500. And then Buffalo's at 60% win percentage for remaining opponents. So I think that's Buffalo's going to have to steal one of those on the road the next two weeks. In their perfect world, they'd win their four AFC games and lose their two NFC games and get to right. 10 and, and hope. I think that's right. the realistic, but I don't know. I don't, there's nothing about the Bills through 11 games that makes me think they're going to go four and two in these final six. So, did you have any give you a chance to get one? Uh, my, th- my thought is that I hope lots of people leave us takes in the comments. Uh, so we have a really fun show tomorrow. Well done. That's going to do it for us here on locked on NFL scouting. I'm Kyle Krabs. He is Joe Marino. We uh, are on YouTube or wherever you listen to your podcast. You can find us there. We're back tomorrow for takes on takes. Wednesday is previewing week 12, which starts with three games on Thanksgiving and then a black Friday game. So we'll have a, Almost half the week week schedule done yeah. before the weekend even hits. That's yeah, so why we got to get the picks in on Wednesday, right. and so we'll, we'll be Thursday. Friday is going to be good. Going to be good here. With a surprise content yeah. for the holiday, and we won't say anything else. It'll be football related, though. It won't be about it, things. It is football related. Yeah, so, so we're not going to like rank uh, sweet potato pie and green bean casserole. We've, we've been know, there, done that. Been there, you know? done that. Yeah, yeah. All right. I'm Kyle Krabs. He's Joe Real. Appreciate you guys checking the show. See you later.